The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. Okay, welcome to the SWP, everybody. It's all about Ottawa sports talk and whatever. It's Steve and Jimmy. Steve Warren, Jim Jerome, schmoozing it up once again as we barrel toward our 500th episode. Glad you're with it. Spring is busting out all over. Lots of sports on the way. Uh, James, how are things with you today? Uh, Stevie, things are good. Yep, things are good. Um, yeah, I got everything going. Right? The, the Jays are underway. I like I like the Jay, the Masters second round. By the way, what a what a score yesterday by Justin Rose, Stevie. Uh, mm-hmm. Quick update: he's he's two over through the first seven holes. Okay, two over yep. through the first seven. So that would leave him with uh, eleven holes. Okay, Stevie. Yes. Shoots nine under <laughs> on the That's last 11 good. holes. Nine for a total of seven under. And a bit out of nowhere when you think about it, because he was like, I think he's been dinged up. That was his first competitive round since he withdrew with an injury yep. halfway through last month's Arnold Palmer Invitational. And so he rolls into the Masters this week, ranked 164th in the FedEx Cup and only two top 25s in seven starts this year. So, of course, you go out and fire a 65 on a day where everybody was absolutely bitching and moaning about how right. hard Augusta was. Right. Well, he got a couple lucky bounces, and, um, you know, he was leading by four. He wipes everyone out. He shoots seven under. Uh, so he's, he's clawed, or not clawed back. He's he's sort of fallen off a little bit, but still leading. Uh, he was three, when we record this, he was three over, sort of through nine. Uh, anyway, he's he's five under now. Started the day at seven under. Uh, the Canadian watch, Mac Hughes finishes at even through the two rounds, uh, which will get him into the get him into the weekend. Looks like plus three is going to be the cut. Corey Connors uh, birdied the one of the first three holes to get back to even. He just started his round. Mike Weir won't make the cut. Uh, it's it's. It may be the second or third time only that three Canadians have been in the field in the mm-hmm. Masters, so I've, I've got that watch going. But anyway, it was, it was all good, Steve. It was all wall to, wall-to-wall Masters. It's like, it's like sitting with a like a young Jim Nance over here. Yeah, really, when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I got a question for you, Stevie. If you think think back, have you ever uh, – what, what's the most uh, uh, scared you've ever been? Okay, most scared, like, like where your where your heart just in in one second just threw out your right right down your your gut, right out your legs, right out your toes. Okay, hmm. and uh, I've you know like if you had a close call in a car accident or something, right, or uh, um, you or you saw your kid fall or something like that, you know, oh my god, you know, you know that one. You oh know yeah, that feel. Okay, that feeling. So I had it yesterday, Stevie. Okay, as you know, I got my house for sale, so. When you got your house for sale, you're just you're constantly walking around with a vacuum tied to your hip and a wet rag, you know, and I get that fucking spot there. Get ready, sorry about the language. Get that spot. Uh, so yesterday I'm looking around with, and I need some touch-ups. Okay, Steve? They're, it's just mm-hmm. never ending. Okay. So uh, touching up downstairs here where I have my studio now, uh, I'm going to paint a door that goes into like a utility room, take the door off. Uh, lay it down flat, Stevie. Get get the can of white paint, and uh, holding it in my left hand, Stevie, painting. Okay, 
drop the can of paint. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, just, just, it's, it's, I'm holding it fine. How <laughs> bad is it? The, well, it was, thank God it was in the utility room. It's a concrete floor. Okay. But it was just, it, I just, it was just a, I can't remember the last time where my, where my heart flew out the top of my head. <laughs> like just in slow mo, like you often do. You go, oh no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. Splash. Yeah. Thank God I was away from where all the carpet was and everything, but it, it brought me back. I, it was like the worst feeling in the world watching a can of paint or yeah. feel it slip through your fingers. You know? Yeah. The oh. adrenaline rush for sure when you do something dumb like that. And yeah. I mean, I, I've had lots of those, you know, falling through the thin ice in the springtime. I think I described that to you in a, in a recent episode when I was a kid. I did have a thing yesterday, though, where basically I locked both my. Uh, car keys in the car. Yeah, I locked my cell phone and my wallet. Had them right there up on the dash, so right. that every criminal can walk by and say, "Oh, look at that!" Uh, so I had a triple whammy yesterday, and so the adrenaline rush and the rage I had for that moronic moment yeah. uh, pops to mind immediately. But uh, thankfully, my wife she had the code. I didn't even know we had a freaking code for, oh. for the vehicle. What? 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 In. Yeah. So anyway, that that's. It's like, uh, like I think the last time the, 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 as you call it, the adrenaline blast, uh, was when I almost cut my thumb off with a saw there a few years ago. Oh, right? when, uh, that one was scary. But if you if you want to experience it, if you want to try and f- uh, feel what I'm feeling, you know, take a can of paint and drop it on your. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my God. Ah! Wildly I, I, running upstairs, getting buckets of water, dumping it all over the floor. Anyway, it, I uh, certainly had that feel too, as uh, as a, as a father of an autistic child who basically has no sense of fear or anything, not really aware of the surroundings, yeah. how dangerous they are. He got out of the house one day when the kids were really young. I'm in my townhouse doing the dishes, and then all of a sudden, my neighbor comes in and says, uh, "Well, the baby's walking around outside here." And so my Yikes. my youngest at that time, she was only about. She was barely walking. I didn't. I thought she was in the living room, but I guess Michael went out, and and then Lindsay went out after him. And Lindsay couldn't get very far, but Michael certainly could. He would have been about six at that time, and he ran right across Woodruff Avenue during rush hour. Somehow got across the street, and the moment that I realized, so I'm starting like I have no idea, and so I run. I'm running up Woodruff, and I see a woman who's off in the distance waving and pointing at the far side, and. As soon as I can get with an earshot, and you can imagine the adrenaline rush as a father when you hear this, he's in the ditch. Yikes. He's I'm in a- the ditch. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God, he's been hit. He's in the ditch. And so I run across and I almost get hit going across the, the road. And all I see in the distance is Michael just running for his life to nothing in particular, just running for his life. And I was just so happy at that moment. But <sighs> as soon as she had said those words, it was the worst moment ever. Yeah, good God, yeah. So you, I, I, you bring me back. I was on a took the kids on a holiday uh, to Salmon Arm uh, up in the Shoe Schwaps, which is a big destination spot uh, for people. Where, you know, beautiful. Rented a cottage on a lake, and then we're booting around the lake. It was actually Kevin Lowe's up there too, so we were hanging out, and uh, we we all went to this this place where the kids swing swing out of, uh, on a rope, you know, a rope that's uh-huh. you know tied to the tree. 
And then so you climb way up there and you get in the rope and you swing out and you let go and drop into the water. Okay. Which, uh, which sounds like a great idea, except Steve, where the tree is, then, then the, the cliff that you're on actually doesn't go straight down. It actually slopes out to the water. Okay. So, so we got the kids up there and I'm looking at this thing going, well, well, they better, I better, better hope that they let go of the rope when it's swung way out over the water. If they don't, it'll swing back. And if they let go, they're crashing into the rocks. Okay. Yeah. So I just sort of go, oh, oh, let's try it anyway. And so my daughter, Sydney, she's, you know, we're on this platform and, and got the rope in her hands and out, you know, I'm going, make sure you let go. Okay. When you swing out, right. I'm going, you know, even, even as I'm saying, I'm going, this is a bad idea. This is the most dangerous thing ever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of saying to that myself. In the meantime, Sid's ready to go and got her hands on the rope, swings out Stevie and, and let, let's go, okay, out over the water. And, and she sort of turns upside down and the rope gets tangled around her feet. Oh, no. Yeah. And she, so she doesn't drop. It's so, and the rope is swinging back up over the, you know, up over the rocks back towards. I go, oh, my God. And then swings out again back over the water and somehow, by the grace of God, it Releases. becomes untangled and she falls stomach oh. first into the water. It's just, oh. oh, good God. Wow. Worst feeling ever. Worst I'd feeling ever. I'd say so. I'd say yeah. so. God, that's awful. Yeah. I, I don't know why I'm bringing that up. but because, uh, I was watching Tom sh- Brady about a year ago do that same, uh, in that same sort of situation, only he was like jumping off a cliff with what looked like his 10-year-old daughter. And they were doing it hand in hand and yep. they both try and go together, but she bails at the last second, but Brady's already committed to go off. So it was very lucky. Like they had to get a little bit of distance off the cliff to dive down to the water below. It could right. have been a really awful situation. Not unlike the one you had. Maybe. I guess, I guess almost killing your child doesn't quite weigh up, you know, have the same weight as dropping a can of paint. Yeah. Okay. No. Maybe they're not the same. Yeah. Maybe. But that's the one that uh, that spurred the topic. So who knows where we get to where we get. Uh, I mean, God, as we jump into the sports side of things, I almost don't want to talk about it anymore. Like, I'm just glad as someone who loves the Ottawa Senators, I am so glad to have seen the last of your Edmonton Oilers. It is official. It was a nine game season series sweep, a three, one win on Thursday night. And, uh, that dominance of the Sens gives them a single season franchise record as the unique interdivisional 2020 21 season has allowed the Oilers to top marks versus Oof. old Smythe division rivals. They've had eight wins in a season against the Jets back in 83 84. But really, since the 1967 expansion, yes, before that, it was original six, 50 game season. So do the math, you play everybody 10 times. But since the expansion happened, you literally have never had a season where you are capable of playing another team nine times. So here we go. It's yeah, uh, a, it, it's a record. It's a car accident, right? Yeah. The, the the worst part of sports, Stevie, when you're when you got a team like the Sens, okay, and right from the get go, everyone was kind of down on it. Can't be their year. Uh, they're going to be in tough. Uh, you know, if you have to pick one or the other, they're going to make the playoffs or not. Everyone's like, no, they won't. Uh, what I hate about sports is when you have this deal, like the sins are going bad, 
everyone is looking for this this record of how bad it can be all the time. Okay, yeah. all the time. It's like they're 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 zero and nine against Edmonton. Now next it's going to be, you know, how many goals they're letting in, Steve. Their their time of possession. It's just going to be poured on over the next how many games they have left. You know, right? Everyone's everyone's looking for that. They you know they they want the bad story. You know what I mean, Steve? Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, it's going to be. You know, I'll, I'll uh, haven't scored, haven't scored, a, you know, in so many periods and uh, it's going to be awful. The last yeah. 15 games here. I'm always looking for that when an NFL team, for example, the, the old schadenfreude kicks in. Um, I'm always looking for that. Finish it off, boys, when teams are 0-14, right? Run the table, boys. It's sort of you cheering, the anti-cheering, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little of that at play, I think, probably. Um, Stats-wise, up and down, you just talk about what Dreisaitl and uh, and McDavid have done. It's absolutely absurd. But when you think about the Sens and what this series meant to go 0-9 against a team, it's a season record. So they're 18 points up for grabs in the series. Right. And Edmonton took every single freaking one of them. Like, I think, that, I'm not even sure they got to overtime. I don't, know if the Sens, I don't think the Sens got any points. Right. I might be wrong. I, might, I have to double check on that. But I don't think they got any points in this series. Well, of course they didn't. They lost them all. Um, but I don't think they picked up any overtime losses or anything like that, the loser points. And so even if Ottawa got half the available points, honestly, they're right in the playoff hunt. Right. Just go 500 and you're right in the playoff hunt, three or four points back of the Habs. Right. But they obviously couldn't do that. And uh, again, Edmonton pile drives the Sens 9-0. and And the Sens will be glad, actually, to see the Toronto Maple Leafs, the actually the best team in the North, because they have a winning record against those guys as they take them on on Saturday night. Yeah, hard to hard to figure what's going to happen. The, the poor club over the over the last few weeks. You know, we'll see what you know. Are they going to are they going to get rid of some bodies here on the twelfth with the deadline coming up? It's like um, I, I if I'm sitting around, I'm one of the managers of the team in the war room. Everyone's looking at each other, going, "I don't know." <laughs> Should we yeah, try? I just don't Should think they're going to do guy? much. Should we try and get someone? Can we try and get this thing back to a, you know, sort of place so we start next year and in, in good form? And then they all look at each other, and go, "I don't know. I don't know." Well, here's what I here's what I know is that Monday is an important day for the Ottawa Senators. Important that they do nothing. Um, okay. They've been doing things in recent deadlines. Last year they. Parted company with J.G. Pajot, a really important player for the team, and ended up with a first-rounder, and they got a good young player in Ridley Gregg coming up uh, from that uh, from that first-round pick last year. And the year before that was Mark Stone, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Dezingle, and Dezingle's back here also, again with the Sens. He could be dealt at the deadline. But the important thing is that they don't do anything rash, give up any of their prospects or anything like that for something that can quote-unquote help them now. Right. Um, so that's important uh, because I think that guys are on the way. The guys they have, the blue chippers, they're going to get better next season. So they will be a better club next season just for those guys like Stutzla and Norris, Batherson, Kachuk. All those guys are going to be better hockey players next year. Then you also have some guys coming from North Dakota. To me, it's important you don't you, you stick to the plan. You don't start mucking with things. And uh, I'm hoping that if Pierre Dorian reaches for a ringing phone. He's got somebody who will just grab him by the wrist and say, don't touch that. So I think uh, right now there's really nothing they can do. They got to hold on to the blue chippers, and that's really all anybody would be interested in. 
Anything that Ottawa is willing to part with right now, like a veteran, like they can be had for almost anything. So long story short, I don't think the Sens are going to be doing anything at all on trade deadline day on Monday. Nothing meaningful anyway. Why would you say that, Steve? They're brutal. What, what, don't, don't they got to do something? No, like I say, the young guys, they're the core. And that's the only thing that other teams are interested in right now. Any veterans that they have, you might get like a third rounder for them. But that's about it. Okay. So go ahead and do that. I'm just saying don't expect Monday to be a particularly interesting day compared to recent trade deadlines. So let's take a time out of the program. When we come back on the show, we'll talk a little bit more about the Masters and uh, some news from the Royals, some sad news. And the Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, passed away today at the age of 99. All that coming up after these words. Trucks and minivans cost less to insure than small cars. You get a better deal on home insurance if you have good credit. The biggest insurance brokers are owned by insurance companies. I'm Josh. Make sure you choose a broker who has your best interest in mind. All Insurance Ontario is independent, family-owned, and has your back. Text me at 613-860-6008 to get on our team. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Oh, man, I'm addicted to Pico Pizza. I'll tell you a little bit about it. Pico is Ottawa's home for authentic, old-school, custom-crafted, Neapolitan-style pizza without all the fuss and expense of fine dining. Pico is quick and easy, fresh and healthy, and so delicious. Made with the highest quality ingredients. Hey, craft your own thin crust pizza masterpiece with unlimited toppings for only $15 and ready in 90 seconds. Pico. Use the Pico app and save on third-party app fees. 236 Richmond Road, 170 Metcalf Street, and they got a new location at 305 Rideau. And reignite your love for driving with a new Ford at Jim K. Ford. Get behind the wheel and hit the road in a new 2021 model with great features like available Ford Copilot 360 driving technologies. You'll find all of the latest innovations that are made available for new Ford vehicles. So visit Jim K. Ford and ask about their great offers on models like the Escape, Edge, Explorer, Ranger, and F-150. Only at Jim K. Ford in Orleans or at JimKFord.com. The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. All right, welcome back to it. And uh, we got a little bit away from the Masters and much to your chagrin. But you're the one who rerouted it, talking about injuries and such. And you mm-hmm. mentioned uh, that uh, Justin Rose was your leader after round one. We didn't really get into what was probably the storyline of round number one was the conditions. And that the Masters was playing very, very tough, especially when you compare it to November when it's obviously a cooler season, uh, not nearly as dry. Yesterday, everybody was just not complaining, but they were just talking. And two different guys talked in terms of, okay, it's like uh, it was like being in a heavyweight uh, fight. You know, it's like I took on Evander Holyfield or I took on Mike Tyson. Right. And and uh, it was that kind of day. And the Masters is a course, or Augusta National is a course, that unless the greens are really playing tough, it's not the hardest course in the world for these guys. But when the greens are like they were, where it's you got some wind, you got some warmer weather, mm-hmm. sunshine, um, boy, they they had a tough day. It was amazing looking at the you know the stroke average compared to November seventy four point five on day one of the Masters this weekend compared to seventy one last November. Yeah, um, well, like we said, uh, D- Justin Rose pulls off this uh, um, you know miracle last eleven holes, right? With the shoots nine under, <laughs> it's uh, crazy. So he had the big four-shot lead. So he was the only guy, you know. Um, you know, Augusta's 
well, a couple things, right, that, that, that make it super hard to score. One is the pressure. One is the stress. One is it, it's, it's the most, uh, you know, sought-after championship. There's no doubt in my mind. People say, right. well, the British is, it's, you know, the Open Championship. You know, the U.S. Open, uh, you know, is a big one for sure, uh, or the PGA. But um, to me, anyway, it's, it's the, you know, every kid, every kid talks about when they, when they first ask a golfer, you know, what's the dream? It's always the Masters first. You know, they it's always, game they seven say. of the Stanley Cup final every single year. Right. So it's a different ball game. You know, they're yeah. coming in nervous and all that stuff. Um, the the speed of the greens and the slope of them, right, makes this course unique. But you're right. It's not, uh, you know, it's not overly long. You know, every every par five is a par four. Okay, there they can hit. Uh, they can hit it all in two all day long. Every golf, every golfer, no matter how long they are off the tee, it's, they're short. Um, and And the other thing that makes it, different than a U.S. Open, for example, is the rough is short. They don't, you know, if you think back to U.S. Opens, they've got that six-inch rough, you know, about a foot off the fairway, mm-hmm. right? And around the greens, they've got the gnarly rough, right? And and Augusta doesn't have that. It doesn't have it. So guys can score. Guys can score. Justin Rose got lucky. A couple times had these unbelievable bounces that, you know, resulted in birdies. One resulted in an eagle to start that run, but yeah, I saw um, it with that that one that he landed to the left and it hit a right. hill and it just rolled right up to about ten feet. It was beautiful. Yeah, and he had another bounce like that too. So, um, anyway, it it can it can make or break guys, you know. But mostly break guys. Mostly yeah. it takes guys down, you know. Um, it'll be you know. Yesterday was looking like oh my god, you know. No one predicted that anyone would shoot that low. Um, so. He, now he's fallen back a bit. Uh, I, I just he just birdied a couple in a row. He was three over, uh, so he's back to minus six. Um, anyway, we'll see. He he's he's one of those guys, Stevie. Uh, of who's the best guy? Now I may be mistaken here. You could look it up, but who who should have won a major but hasn't yet, right? And and he he's one of those guys, right? He's been second yep. a couple times in the tournament. Lots of top tens at the Masters. Uh, I don't think he's ever won the British Open. I, well, I remember I his rookie year, he came close. You know what? I'm I'm mistaken. Justin Rose won the U.S. Open. I'm pretty sure. All right. Well, yeah. that's a terrible take then. Yeah, it's an awful take. <laughs> but the but the <laughs> Masters, he's been awfully close. So maybe it's yeah, his he, So here's his stats. He's got, uh, like you mentioned, he's been second at the Masters twice. He was second at the British Open in 2018. His best score at the PGA was tied for third. And yes, he won the U.S. Open in 2013. Right. So he's uh, not the best golfer at all to have never won a major. That's right. So I'm totally wrong there. Um, anyway, I've, like I say, it, it every, like you, what, what you will see a lot different here is uh, at Augusta is they're, they're not charging putts. You know, they're not trying to ram them in the back of the hole, right? Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, on other golf tournaments, right? They get inside 20 feet. They're, you know, it's always trying for the for the birdie. Always, okay? Always uh, on a normal golf tournament. This one, where they look at it, you'll, you'll see how much time they take lining up the putts, both sides, uh, because it's absolutely lethal putting on those greens. And, you know, especially if you get above the hole. So it, it's a different if it's it's a different deal for golfers coming in here. They're not trying to ram putts in the hole. I got the I got the list in front of me. Uh, most 
So it, this would be, there's many ways you could go about it. It can just be a personal opinion or you can put, you know, actual numbers on things and you can measure out best player to have never won a major by this. Most top five finishes in a major without a win. And you know, number one in that area is with 12. Yes. Let me think. The most he's, he's finished 12 times in the top five. And never won a major. And never won a major. Lee Westwood is your answer. There we go. Yep, there we go. Okay, I was trying. I thought maybe Hendrick Stenson, but he's not British. <laughs> yeah. Jay Haas is right there. He has nine. Ricky wow. Fowler at eight. And Jeff Maggart at eight. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch, Stevie. I'm going to watch. I'm, I'm, don't forget, I got Corey Connors. Uh, if he wins, I win four thousand. Bet bet fifty bucks on him. Yes, sir. I'm so, cheering for that. Yeah, uh, I'd be willing to surrender our little bet. Uh, I'm in good shape. I, I mean, Spieth and Justin Thomas are, I think, the closest of the top five right now. It's a wash if nobody gets in the top five. But I, I picked. Uh, good. Well, I picked Dustin, Corey Connors, and I think uh, Xander Shoffley. I don't even know where he is. So. I didn't see him near the top, nor did I see Bryson DeChambeau, my third. Yikes. I'm going to stop picking that guy at the Masters. I think for every reason he talked about, too, because this guy has really put himself out there. Oh, yeah, Augusta. That's like a that's like a par 67 to me. Right. You know, saying stuff like that is almost like, I can almost picture, if you're into that karma thing, I can almost picture the ghosts of Augusta saying, oh, yeah. Watch this. We'll just kick up a yeah, little yeah. breeze here and knock you into the forest and all that. He had, he was uh, erratic on, on round one, not out of it, but that maybe that's also what you're talking about. You know, these guys want this so so bad. It's the dream, and uh, maybe you put a little, you squeeze in the club a little, little tighter than well, you who, normally would. Right? Who who would ever say that? Who would ever say I'm going to take down Augusta? You yeah. Know? Go ahead. Ask me any question. If if these guys had coaches like hockey teams do. The coach would pull him aside. And go, listen, pal. We're gonna, you know, you got, you want to dial that back a little bit, okay? Yeah. Just, just let's let's come off a chevron or two about <laughs> you, okay? Doing interviews, saying, well, this is the way I see it. You know, I I, I see me hitting wedge here and wedge. remember last year when they mm-hmm. they couldn't get enough of them, right? And I see hitting wedge here and wedge here. This is freaking Augusta. We just talked about it. How the greens are lethal, you know. How you can't be firing at pins and stuff like that, you know, and and that's what never made sense to me when he said, you know, well, I'll be hitting wedge when everyone else is hitting seven iron, okay, and you know, uh, by all indications, you know, a, a, a PGA player with a wedge in his hands much better than a guy with seven iron, but not at Augusta, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's so. And this anyway, is why I feel I, good I, about my Spieth pick. Not only did he win last week, and not only does he have great history at the Masters, like he's as decorated at the Masters as most anybody in the field, but uh, he also was your leader in round one, hitting 16 of 18 greens. And that's yeah. what it's going to take to win when the greens are like this. If you're missing greens and you got a chip onto that tabletop nonsense, uh, add a stroke to every hole. Well, look at, look at the post-round interview with Jordan Spieth and think about how that compared with, you know, a, a interview with, Bryson DeChambeau, right? So, so Bryson, what happens is uh, it's okay to shoot three or four over yesterday. Okay. You're, you're going to be, who knows, you know, it's only the first round. Like they say, you can't win it, but you can't lose it. 
you know, you can go out there, a bunch of guys, right? Go out and shoot 80 and they're done. Uh, so Jordan after he, but by the way, he triple bogeys, I think the ninth hole or something. And he ends up shooting one under. Right. And when they're talking to him after, you know, a Bryson DeChambeau, who's now set himself up for, well, here's the obvious question. You shot three or four over. What happened there, Scooter? Where did it all go wrong for you? You know, according to you, from what you said before you put a peg in the ground, that, you know, this can't be very good for you, right? So now he's done. You know, now it's like, oh, yeah, I guess I did do that. Talk to Jordan Spieth, right? He's like, right in there, man. You know what? Happy with my game. If I would have teed it off, if I would have put the, the ball on the tee on the first hole and someone said, will you take one under today? He's saying, absolutely, I would have. Humble, under the radar, Stevie, slipping in there. He's not going to let this thing destroy him because of what he says in the press, you know? Yeah, so, no, he's a, he's a PGA dream. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, he's a PGA dream. Like he's, uh, you know, the player he, he said he's fallen on, I'd say tough times golf wise in the last two, three seasons, but he seems to have rediscovered his touch again with that win last week. But on top of that, just his, uh, his grace he's really good with the press and, and says all the right things and behaves the right way. And, uh, it's good to see him, uh, back and, and uh, it's neat this week going into the masters. He talked about one of his masters dinners, uh, about his memory of Arnold Palmer and what a rock star the guy was and, and, and right. really a, a real nice tip of the cap to the history of the game on top of everything else. So, man, you could, you think about ambassadors on the, on the, on the ladies side, you got Brooke Henderson, you got guys like Jordan Spieth. I mean, golf's in pretty good shape. Yeah. You know, as an aside, Stevie, if I can't for a second, mm-hmm. um, uh, of course, everyone knows Tiger Woods knows his unbelievable record, knows what he's trying to shoot for. Um, if he stays uh, away from driving a car, uh, he may he may be able to do this. He might have wrecked his career. But everyone always over the years, Stevie, has said, what makes Tiger so good? Okay. What is, you know, and, and yes, the obvious is everything. When he was rolling, right? He couldn't miss. He drove the ball. Um, but even even pundits were trying to say, okay, but, but every player can do that. So why can mm-hmm. Tiger do it all the time, right? And guys would try and weigh in saying, well, it's everything from, you know, the, the fierce uh, drive to compete. Uh, they even had him going on the, the, his father, who was a Green Beret, for, so it's survival of the fittest, and yet his mother's a Buddhist. And then so, that, you know, some of that plays into if you're an athlete, how you can calm your nerves and all that stuff. Rory McIlroy did an interview yesterday, and uh, I, think, I think he came up with something that, separated Tiger from everybody. He went over to visit him, okay, at his house a couple days ago. And when he walked into his house and there's a there's a trophy case uh, of Tiger's major trophies, mm-hmm. okay? He's won, I don't know how many, 15? I should know this, but. He's at, uh, uh, well, Jack is 18 and Tiger's 15. Yeah, so every trophy's there of these majors in this case. And Rory's telling the stories. He says, I'm looking at it going, Okay, but where's all the other trophies that you've won, which is 80 plus? Yep. Okay. He says, where are all those? And Tiger says, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What? Yeah. He goes, I'm not sure. Some are, some are at my mom's, I think. Some, some might be at my office. Uh, other ones, I don't know. They may be here somewhere, but I don't know. I'm not sure where they all are. Wow. And Rory said he got home. He, he jumped in his car to drive home. And thought to himself, that is absolutely what separated this guy from everyone else is he didn't care about these other wins. 
that he was going for the throat. I want right. the majors. That's what it means to me. Golf. Only that. Big ticket. Stanley Cup. World Series. Majors in golf. And and I found that very interesting. You know, I found it really telling. And that's what Rory took away going. That just shows you what this guy meant. You could go win your tournaments. Go do, you know, go win your little players championship. You know, go win the Valero Open. Whatever you want to do. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. You know, that's what I'm. Anyway, that's not that's not to say to the you know hey rest of the PGA tour that's not to say I'm not going to crush you in the rank and file events as well but they don't mean as much uh, yeah we'll take a time out of the program that's a good story and uh, when we come back final thoughts after these words a lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house how much do I need why would I want that I am Jared Gerard All Insurance Ontario call or text me at eight zero one two six five nine give me a call let's have that talk. And we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Jim K. Ford has been the dealership that I choose and have for 20 years now. But did you know that Jim K. Ford is also a full-service commercial and fleet dealership? So they supply companies in the Ottawa area with work trucks of all shapes, sizes, and functionalities, from small delivery vans right up to the big F-750s. So uh, if you're in towing, landscaping, deliveries, or really any job where you need a big truck, Jim K. Ford will help you with the right truck for your needs. JimKFord.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. Want to get stronger, look better, feel better? If these are your goals, Popeye Supplements can help you get there. And right now, this week only... Right up until April 13th, it's the Popeye's BOGO Flash Sale. Buy one, get one at 50% off. Mix and match with elite supplements throughout the entire store. But only until April 13th at PopeyesOnlineOrders.com. And compared to this time last year, the Ottawa residential home market is up almost 30%. An average sale price of $758,000. Curious to know what your home is worth in a blazing hot market like this? Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team for a free, no-obligation estimate, and you'll be shocked to learn what you could get for your home and what similar homes are going for in this market. Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today at glenwalton.com. All right, welcome back to the show. As we wrap things up here, sad note in, uh, in that uh, Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, died today at the age of 99, so certainly, um, you know, the Commonwealth countries, of which we are one, uh, that would uh, that would certainly touch a lot of people. Have you been watching The Crown at all? Well, I watched the original. I watched the original. I couldn't get enough of it. I thought it was great. The two characters who were, uh, which is a big part of it, of course, are the, are the staff who worked there. The mm-hmm. one old guy and the and the older woman who were, who were uh, servants, butlers, I guess. Uh, I, I loved it. I loved it. When you say um, originally, just, you mean by you mean just the first season is what you're talking about, right? That's right. Yeah, right. that that because now they're into they're into second season with new actors and actresses, right? Or third season, whatever it is. Yeah, Queen Elizabeth was swapped out. You had Claire Foy initially, who I have a bit of a crush on, and oh, then uh, yeah, then they swapped. Like, I don't know. I don't know if these decisions are made on all the characters getting older, or if they're made because contracts got uh, in the way with certain actors. I don't know, but uh, yeah. Because you can easily age someone these days, as far as an actor goes. Right. But anyway, uh, I thought it uh, it maintained its pace. wasn't a huge fan of the whole Princess Diana season, as some were, but generally speaking, it's a heck of a show. 
And I, I honestly, it soured me a little on the Royals. Not that I was into it that much. I was kind of neither here nor there. But to see if if that's even half of that stuff is true, that's uh, as a as a lot of uh, obnoxious behavior in the royal family. Well, uh, you can't you can't help you know everyone for years and years, right? For a long time ago. Okay, it's kind of like the FedEx Cup, Steve. You know the point situation is totally convoluted, right? Nobody understands it. Speaking of what a reference here, um, <laughs> it's like the royal family is nobody really understands, Steve. Okay, nobody really goes. All I know is excess. That's what I see here. Okay, uh, you know maybe maybe they could scale it back a little bit from Buckingham Palace where four of them live. <laughs> yeah. Okay, some of that stuff. Uh, but I like the Royals. I like the Royals. And it just shows you, Steve, if we learn anything, though, uh, how much uh, stress, pressure, uh, big role. You know, you can never let your guard down. Uh, excuse the pun. You get it, Steve? Buckingham Palace. Can't let your guard down. Yes. Uh, Prince Philip dies, Steve. It just shows you that that stress can kill you. Yeah, eventually. 99. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 69 years. He was at the uh, at the Queen's side, twenty two thousand solo engagements, made nearly fifty five hundred speeches, attended events, and uh, yeah, passing away today at the age of ninety nine. Yeah, we shall take our leave with that, James. Any final thoughts? Uh, did we do anything on the Masters? <laughs> Good night, everybody. We'll see you.